Blog Talk Radio. On Apple Podcasts and now on TuneIn and Blog Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez, episode 225 in the house here. We're going to have a great show today. In the house, we have the talented Tracy Brick, and then we are going to have Holly Custis, the return of the WFA All Star. And later on, we'll have Luis Bean in the house, and we're going to be talking about women's gridiron in the U.S. Big bombshell news just a couple hours ago about a uh, Best of the West Championship that'll be in uh, Las Vegas, July 19th through the 21st. So we have four guests that have all this information uh, for us, and uh, we will dive into uh, them at 7.15 and uh, let you know who they are and uh, what their future holds for the uh, Best of the West Championship at this point. Um, And then we have WFA Week 9 recap. WFA Week 10 final weekend. Uh, we have news from the LFP, the Liga de Football del Pacifico. The playoffs start there as well in Mexico. FFX Mexico playoffs this past uh, weekend, the semifinals, and then obviously the finals for each conference. Uh, as the master, uh, master Ladies is still going on. WWCFL results. Uh, congratulations to the South Texas Generals for winning the XFFL championship down in Texas. 48-7. to seven. Uh, They finished the uh, season undefeated, so congratulations to the South, South Texas Generals. Check out our Facebook page for all the uh, up-to-date and breaking news going on in the women's game, international as well as in the States, and the Diamond Series. The Southern Blaze out there uh, took care of the uh, title for 2018, and we are going to have later in the hour here the WAGL recap from the awesome event that happened in Australia and Perth the uh, Women's Australian Gridiron League 2018. And so, uh, Tracy, Holly, what's going on? Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Hi, how how is everyone? We're doing great. Uh, great news. Uh, Holly, I don't know if that hit you like, uh, what do you call it, a lumber board this morning with mm-hmm. all the introduction here and stuff. Uh, but, uh, Kind of exciting in that in in a way, and then also kind of shocking in another way. Well, you know, considering all the chaos that we um, as a team have endured this last season uh, with the disorganization of the league, and you know, only having four regular season games, it's been a very trying season for my team as well as other teams in this league. And I think it's a great opportunity um, to go to Vegas and have a really awesome tournament with with an amazingly talented team and to just get back to playing football. Really, that's what it's about um, for us as players is we just want to play. And this season has been really difficult because we've only kind of played in, in, in starts and fits and then stopped and then had, you know, a month off at a time. And that's really difficult. And uh, so we're just excited to really get back on the field. So in your, in your perspective, this is somewhat good news given the circumstances that, that has happened in the season. 
So that's your that's your real your real take, given the fact that the player yeah. devotes so much time and energy and and money and everything else to just to not have a full season really go kind of seamless, you know. It, yeah, it definitely um, is making uh, lemonade out of limits. Uh, I mean, I feel like as a sport in general and just across the board, I feel like we've taken step back, steps backwards this year as a sport. And so hopefully, uh, you know, this whole process of going through the fire, maybe we can come out the other end through the ashes and kind of rebuild our sport a bit. But in, in a short term, uh, vision. We're we're basically just happy as players <clears throat> to get back on the field, play talented teams like Utah, San Diego, and Dallas, and um, to make an event out of it and, and hopefully build on the future. Yeah, and it's pretty tough on the West Coast too, because if you don't have that consistency, you can't plan for travel, and you got all the cancellations, mm-hmm. and so I have no idea what happened with leadership in the IWFL at this point, but uh, obviously 2018 the sort of dropped the ball and it just, it could have been a better season than what, what we had anticipated, but it is what it is now. Um, and so at this point we'll, fi- we'll figure out the details on this new venture here, a new tournament, I guess, if you want to call it a tournament uh, and then going forward, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be discussing those aspects with the uh, four individual owners that obviously are going to be um, here in about a couple minutes here. So um, Tracy, let's talk, uh, let's talk a little bit before we bring in our guests, the excitement of the WAGL, and we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, in depth after the interviews, but a uh, pretty exciting tournament. Uh, Queensland, obviously, coming in was the favorite, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you got to heads off to the Eagles. They played a very good uh, very good tournament. Yeah, I mean, finishing the tournament at 2-2, two and two, they were, I guess, classified as an underdog, but from watching all of the games on the live stream and, and seeing their in all their statistics, I would say that they look like a team who've been playing together as a group for at least the past two to three years. So it was exciting to see them really turn up and, and compete more so than anyone would have expected. So it was an exciting tournament. I was really impressed with the uh, the coverage too, thanks to, you know, a few key people back home that really made sure that, you know, there was a presence on social media and we could watch the games, you know, anywhere in the world. I think that's a huge step forward and an overall success for the for the tournament for sure. Yeah, and then WA hosting it and still was able to, uh, you know, finish in a good standing, uh, I believe third place. So that votes well for the uh, Raider program as well. Absolutely, yeah. Let's just hope that this is an encouraging uh, movement to get more players for their league for, for the upcoming season and just means for better competition in a couple of years when they run the WAGL tournament again. Now, uh, Tracy, the the whole teams, uh, you know, obviously injuries was a big factor for the tournament. And we'll go into that later, but for the most part, uh, between North New South Wales and a couple injuries on the, on the Sun Devils, uh, we could have seen a, probably a little bit more better tournament. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, aside from all that, it was still a very, very amazing, um, uh, you know, event and live streamed very professionally. And I, I think the broadcasters were on point for all the games. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad we're going to touch on it a bit later. I know that injuries were a key factor in the performance for all of the teams, essentially, with some of their key players really um, being badly affected. But uh, in terms of the commentary, yeah, Kenny, he's uh, one of the 
the standards at uh, at the Queensland or within the Queensland League at the Bayside Ravens Club, and he always turns up and you know very informative and and easy to listen to and and knows his stuff. So it was good to to hear him you know really take charge of that side of everything. All right, so uh, Holly, um, we got a couple minutes here. WFA Week Nine. Uh, Carolina, I'm assuming because of numbers and everything else and some of the players going to the Sharks this season for the finale, um, they're just not the same club. So they forfeit to D.C. D.C.'s uh, route or, you know, uh, their path to basically uh, the playoffs pretty much secure now. They will face the Sharks the next week. But uh, what do you say about D.C.? I mean, they have they have come back. They were They got beat by uh, Boston. And they got beat by Pittsburgh, and then they turn around and beat Boston and Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden, here we are. They're going to go up against a D2 contender here for the playoffs as well, the New York Sharks. They finished strong here. Uh, they got to be the favorites in that East Coast. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, they they rebounded very well, and they have uh, a great New York Sharks team on the schedule this weekend. Um, if they're able to – uh, put together a win there. They they are already, I believe, uh, the top seed in the Massey rankings right now in that tough division that they're in. And you know, I think they're they're ready to make a run on at least on the East Coast side. Um, you know, and as a team, if you're able to rebound uh, with some uh, issues early and come back and have a strong season like that. That speaks to the development uh, as you progress through the season, so I think they should be very proud about that. Now, Holly, also let's talk Vixen here, D2. They pretty much a shoo-in, and they've been good all season, and they've played their schedule. Now it's really going to get down to it. In the, in the next week or two here, obviously in the playoffs, it will be, uh, you know, how well uh, oiled are they? Uh, because they have had some, you know, they've played some under-tier uh, competition not as tough a schedule as obviously uh, Divas, but you would have to put them as the favorites, right, in D2? I, I think so. I mean, you're, you're, you are right in that their schedule hasn't been terribly tough, but at the same time, they've taken care of business, and at the end of the day, you can only play who you have on your schedule, and I think they're not probably actually getting enough attention. They seem to be kind of under the radar. I think um, – I think they are kind of that number one spot in the in the second tier. I think there is more competition on the West Coast for that tier right now. Um, but I think as far as the, the East Coast for that tier, they're definitely a lock. Now, uh, let's talk Arkansas. Um, they had an amazing 2017. They cap off with the championship. Um, and so – they're here once again. They're barking on the door. They take care of Alabama back-to-back weeks. They've taken care of Music City. Uh, you know, they they basically have played their schedule pretty well, and they're obviously undefeated at this point. So Arkansas, you know, with the struggles of last year to finish strong in, in the championship and earn the title, I think they want back-to-back. It just looks that way right now. I, I think so. I mean, I was really impressed by Arkansas last year. They, uh, you know, they're a Division three team. They don't have a whole lot of numbers, but they traveled a really tough road uh, to the championship last year. They traveled across the country back and forth with not a lot of players. 
And I remember watching the back end of the Division Three championship game last year while we were warming up for the uh, All-American game, and I was really impressed by how well they stayed together, um, especially in that heat. Both teams did a good job of staying together. But I think Arkansas has a lot of confidence, um, and I think that um, they're, they're gunning for that uh, back-to-back championship. Now we we knew at this point the D two the D two setup is going to be very tough. New York, Philly, really have to stay in neck and neck, and they've done it. And week if week nine, New York takes care of Connecticut, which was undefeated D three six and zero. We already knew that they were going to be a little bit outmatched going against legendary quarterback Karen Mulligan, and she put the seven burner on them, and so uh, pretty much kind of tells the story there in terms of the level of competition. So um, Karen Mulligan puts up seven TDs against this uh, Connecticut Hawks team, but it's no, no worries. I mean, it's their first loss of the season. They obviously are eyeing the, uh, the playoffs, but Massey wasn't very friendly to them. I think they were number four. Now they're number 12. So with the loss, so they're going to, they're going to have to make up some room here. Um, Philly, we thought last week that maybe Richmond would step up and take care of Philly, but uh, the Phantoms obviously did not. 30 to six. So Philly, New York, that East coast D two playoff. It's going to be very awesome to watch. I definitely think so. I mean, you have the, uh, the sharks who are an historic team. They've been around forever and had a lot of success. And then you have Philly who's, you know, fairly new, but, um, you know, kind of an upstart team and, you know, the Matthew rankings, they kind of take care of themselves. You can't really control, again, who you have on your schedule. All you can control is, who you, is how you play if you win, and um, the rest will take care of itself. And uh, so right now, even though Philly might not have a better record at the moment, they, 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 they're they still right there with the Sharks um, due to the, the rankings, and I think that those two teams um, are going to have a great matchup. I think it's going to be pretty <clears throat> pretty fun to watch. All right. Um, Tracy, um, our phenom out there, uh, uh, Brooke Leash, Kansas City continues to roll. they got to be the favorites. Dallas uh, Elite has rebounded the last two weeks, even though they've played lower caliber teams that they should beat. They should have beaten, and they did beat them. So, uh can we say Kansas City's ready to the next level at this point, or are we hesitant? No, I feel like uh, I feel like they they put a, a good offense on the field, and they have some consistencies around there. I think I actually think Kansas City can can uh, definitely finish off really strong. That's my personal opinion on it. I mean, I'm, I get a soft spot for Dallas. I think uh, you know with some of the changes this year, they've they've done like Holly said, they do the best of the schedule that they've had. But, uh, yeah, I think Kansas City can, can finish out strong. All right. Um, so, guys, week nine we'll recap a little uh, later as well. we got a couple more games that we got to look at. Uh, Orlando, very strong. we got to talk about them. They've played really well. Tampa Bay has played really well. Um, and then, the uh, Holly, the incident in Portland. That's what I'm calling it, <laughs> the incident in Portland. <laughs> we got to talk about that as well. Um, so let's uh, go into the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You get your leggings, T-shirts, gifts, all powered by Zazzle.com at our No Joke Football Shop. And uh, check out our Facebook page for all the updates on the international scene as well as the U.S. scene. And in the huddle, 
uh, we are going to have the representatives of the Best of the West Championship. It's going to happen on July 19th through the 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, you can get the uh, breaking uh, release on our Facebook page as well and on their uh, individual social sites. So we are going to have in the house right now, um, let's bring them in here onto the board. And so in the house, we have Coach Rick Rasmussen of the Utah Falcons of the IWFL. We have Coach Scott McCarron of the Seattle Majestics of the IWFL. We have uh, all-world running back and owner O.J. Jenkins of the Texas Elite Spartans and uh, all-around all-star and legendary Christina Carrillo of the San Diego Surge. So, uh, folks, welcome to the, the Blitz. It's been a long summer, and it uh, looks to me like this morning I get this bombshell of a tournament, and it seems like an exciting thing. Uh, who's going to start to give us the details? Uh, I guess that I guess they've uh, they've non- nominated me to do that, Oscar. So well, of course, Scott, you're uh, yeah. first. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's this has been a uh, it's been a whirlwind a number of days, um, as you can imagine. It's been uh, it's been tough to kind of keep a lid on on some of this. I mean, we're all very excited. Um, we're happy that the announcement came out today. Now that we can finally start to talk about it. Um, it's been tough to tough to contain our excitement about it over the over the last few days, but uh, it was much needed. And I can tell, speak for all of us, all of our organizations feel like we're really going to be able to do something special in Vegas. Now, Scott, Vegas is a good venue. Uh, was Utah considered as a venue at this point? Yeah, we talked um, we talked to about a, a number of different cities to to host it. Um, and we talked about Dallas, we talked about Utah, we talked about Las Vegas and LA and even San Diego. Um, and, you know, really what kind of drove the major decision on where to host it, why to have it, uh, have it this way in a, in a tournament fashion in one city was, was really financially driven. Um, Las Vegas is a pretty inexpensive place to get to for all four of our teams. Uh, hotels are relatively inexpensive. There is a downside to, you know, the location being pot, uh, but, you know, we'll mitigate some of that stuff with, uh, with the games and the times that we play. All right. So um, Scott, the announcement said, this is kind of like something going forward. So is this more business minded than we've had recreational mindset before? Is this a stepping stone to something bigger? Um, I, I think a lot of that, you know, I'll, I'll let OJ jump in on, on some of this, but, um, you know, I think a lot of that is to be determined. I mean, I think the four of our groups are really focused on getting through this first, uh, and then we'll see what, what comes of it. But uh, collectively, I think, I think the four of us are, uh, our four organizations are excited about the opportunity to work together. Yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead, OJ. Yeah, I think that Scott hit the nail on the head with that, but I think it's important to note that, you know, Oscar, we've talked a a lot about this and what the future looks like and that there needs to be a differentiation in order to have what we've always talked about achieving, which is um, competitive football every single weekend with every matchup. 
And so although we are coming together to do this tournament, we, we all have very similar goals. So I definitely look at this as a launch for something um, that sets us up for the future. What that is, uh, we'll probably be back on your show to talk about it at some point. All right. Um, Odessa, the season, uh, the league uh, excitement coming into this year, the IWFL, even before your team got into the IWFL, everybody was so excited about Utah, Seattle, San Diego, uh, and all that. And all of a sudden it's kind of went into a dud mode. Um, is this, uh, do we want to get into this mud thing, but is this more of an issue uh, at the league level that forces you guys to kind of branch out into this more spotlighted event of your, um, you know, high caliber teams at this point? Cause a lot of your teams, um, you know, with the exception of Utah, a lot of your teams between San Diego, uh, you know, your former team, Dallas elite, and then obviously Seattle, we're from the WFA and WFA is obviously known for high caliber ball. And that's including, you know, up to the playoff level and to the championship. So is this something that you guys kind of talked about? Yeah, I think um, as Scott said, the, the main reason for this was that there was some insurmountable expenses, um, particularly for the folks on, um, you know, the West coast. And I'll let, um, Chris or or Scott or, or Rick speak, speak to that, but uh, I think we all came together because we were not um, achieving what we were told would be achieved with the IWFL. And when it comes to competitive football, I mean, to be realistic, there's there's a there's a higher level of football that where there's blue bloods, and there's about potentially ten teams that could play each other and not blow each other out. And so when you talk about the competitive level of football that's really been playing in any league, there is a clear differentiation now. And our goal is just to put on the best opportunity for our girls and not to see people get blown out, um, but still favor our season. I don't know if anybody else has anything to say. Christina, let's, let's have you talk to this. Um, San Diego made the announcement. This would be the final run. This is where we ended and all that. And there was obviously reservations from all of us that, that follow women's football, why the decision would be made for that, considering you have other ventures and Heroku spoke to that as well. And she's ventured out as from the Utah Falcons as well. So, you know, if you're not in it to make money in terms of business, in terms of a football aspect of it, then you usually bail because it's not profitable. So it was that one of the things that maybe uh, when the announcement came out from your team, but now is it, is, has that changed is the question. Yeah, I think Scott, you know, when he when he started the introduction with the financial part, I mean, let's take a look at, I mean, we, we've played some highly competitive games between Utah ourselves and Seattle, very competitive. But to get to these games has been uh, a challenge. I mean, look at, we've, I, don't, I can't remember last time we went regular season airfare, but take a look at some of the scenarios that would have played out. I mean, we're looking at, you know, of course every team wants to, to get to that last game, right, that championship game, that would have put us at three air flights. Three, that's catastrophic. Um, look at Seattle's situation. Scott, I think you had, um, you were looking at four, if I'm not right, if I'm not correct, wrong, right? Four air flights. Yeah, catastrophic. that's correct. Yep, four. Yep. Four. I, I can't, I mean, who can afford that kind of travel? But, you know, through no fault of Dallas, you know, we were looking at, you know, some of the, the teams on this side really incurring some catastrophic airfare 
And um, to get to Dallas, it just, I'm not sure any of us could have made it. And so at some point, you know, I took a look at finances and, you know, kind of reached out to a few teams and said, how are we going to do this? Um, I can't do it. Um, so what, where does that leave us? And, you know, we, we, between the four of us, we brainstormed and came up with a great idea. Yes, it's not, it's not the most ideal uh, weather location, but I love Vegas. Um, I, there's a lot of, of buzz for the fans, the family, um, the teams to get out to Vegas. Sure, it's going to be hot, um, but what a great, what a great opportunity to, for some good football. And um, what I love about this tournament is we're playing under the same elements. We're all playing under the same elements. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, uh, up to the coaches, um, conditioning, um, it's discipline, it's Vegas. So we bring all those elements, and this is some exciting. This is an exciting tournament. So we're we're looking forward to that. What does our future hold? You know, <laughs> it's too early to say. Um, it. I can tell you that. Uh, you know, we can't keep absorbing these kind of travel expenses. So I'm excited to hear what what those what those ideas are. Um, you know, am I saying that we're resurrecting ourselves from from retirement possibly if the the if the right if the right recipe comes together for uh for us to keep going forward now um let's bring in coach rasmussen here so coach uh rick the decision here you guys have felt that for many of seasons since you've been in the iwfl you know the travel costs the stuff even though you've been supported locally and in state leveling that's still an issue that needs to be fixed. So was that something that uh, was kind of like a unison thing, obviously with the rest of the teams here that are showcased here? Well, uh, the, the way the schedule worked out and the way the season played out, we were looking at two home games and a trip to Austin, hopefully. And um, so the, the travel impact would affect Seattle the worst, and then San Diego second. Um, but what we really wanted was the opportunity to play in a uh, tournament setting where we knew we wouldn't have a forfeit because we were frankly worried about first-round forfeit. And uh, so we, uh, when it was presented to us, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple days after the seed began to sprout, um, yeah, we sacrificed uh, – possibly two home games and possibly two forfeits, one due to uh, a team with low numbers and one due to a team that was running out of money. Um, So rather than say, look, we're going to buy, buy, and then try to go to Austin, uh, it made more sense to play with top-level teams in a setting where everybody could easily – get to at a relatively inexpensive amount. We, we don't incur airfare during the season. The team doesn't. Uh, the coaches do. Um, I guess a couple of our coaches are too old to ride the bus, but uh, we take a bus everywhere. So, um, you know, we had a trip to L.A., and, uh, you know, those take their toll on you. So it just made sense when it was presented to us that, sure, we sacrificed uh, home field advantage and, Clearly, the elevation is relatively stable here, so the opportunity to play against Seattle, San Diego, and Dallas was just too tempting for us not to consider. And 
once we really started to think about it, it it made sense. So I guess that's that was our motivation. Christina, the the matchup with Utah really showcased uh, what a level of play could be. It was very exciting, all four quarters, down to the wire. Um, so I mean, this is what the fans really want. I mean, uh, we've seen it in you know when uh, when Odessa's elite in the WFA against the DC Divas. We've seen it in you know in, in other aspects with you know you got DC Boston, you got Boston Pittsburgh. So this is what the fans really crave for, and I think this is a great idea. Exactly. It's going to be top-quality football. I, I Again, uh, fans are excited. Our players are extremely excited. Um, and, and it's just something for us to look forward to, and, and we're going to prepare. We've got approximately about six weeks to get the, uh, the team conditioned as best we can, and, and we can't stress the importance um, of, of trying to get as conditioned as possible. The heat is going to be an element, but we're not going to look at it as a negative. We're going to look at this entire weekend that we're going to put together. Um, we're going to put together a good show, and that's really what we want to do. We want to put together good quality games, and this, this tournament is going to put some good quality games together. Odessa, this happens a lot in soccer where it's a weekend event type mentality. Do you feel that this could work in that aspect when you put four quality teams on you know, in the same location? Well, I mean, it's, it's going to work. Uh, July 19th and the 21st. So I, 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 there's no doubt about it. And especially um, with the way this group of really intelligent, like well-prepared people have come together, um, it's given me uh, more hope than ever that with money, because I think that's the one thing that we can't forget about is that you have to have cash um, or the ability to go, drum up some cash or raise some cash to make this kind of stuff happen. Even, even with it, um, the future I think is bright for something that's more regional based, that's smaller and that ensures that there's a high level of competition every time two women's football teams step on the field. I, I know that there's been a lot of things happening in the history of women's football, but I think we are at a place where if we can see that, every week, every other week, and then have some sort of playoff where people aren't financially um, hurt by it, um, it could really advance the game. Odessa, the, the, four, the four elite squads, you, you have worked with the Dallas Elite previous years. Your squads have always been ready because of the fact that you have player base there and uh, talented athletes. So is this what we're looking for here, uh, a, a more athlete athlete-based squads because the fans will be totally excited when you see the higher caliber of football. Not that there isn't caliber of football now, but there's another level that people probably haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I've always told you, there's no disrespect to any other tier of football. Um, I just am particularly focused on the having the highest quality product possible and that starts with the highest quality athlete athletes in Utah and Seattle and San Diego and even more athletes would play if there weren't the barriers to entry that some of us see whether that be travel whether that be you know um, being player funded however it is I just think that there's opportunities that if maybe you know again there, there's a lot to, to be discussed but there is this model 
absolutely could work if the right people come, came together. All right. So, guys, what happens to the relationship with the IWFL? Can anybody speak to that? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, we uh, we sent a, a, a con- basically a contract termination letter to the IWFL today, this morning, uh, before the tournament announcement. So, um, obviously, the four of our teams are no longer affiliated with the IWFL. Um, I think they've they've removed our uh, our team logos from their website. Um, I don't I don't know that we can speak to the future of the league. Uh, that will obviously be up to them what they decide to do to move forward. But um, you know I would I would imagine there will be some in some capacity there will still be an IWFL championship, although uh, that won't involve any of our four teams. <laughs> All right, so Scott. Big decisions been made the last uh, 18 months. Your team shifting over, not you moving all the uh, WFA stuff that came about with you guys, San Diego. It just seems like you guys are on a, on a separate island now. So this is kind of a new venture for everybody, for all four teams, right? Well, it it is. Um, but it, you know, in fairness, uh, Oscar, I mean, you know, we've we've we want to see a particular vision of women's football take place. And, you know, unfortunately, until we, until we get to that point, our organization is not going to be satisfied. And I think that's the great thing about having our four teams come together on, on, on this is that, you know, while we, while we may have different ideas about how we get there, we all have the same common goal in mind, which is great. And so, now it's a matter of how do we put all those pieces together. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of chat on the boards today about, you know, Hey, great. Now these four teams can join the WFA next year. I mean, I have to say, I don't think that that's a slam dunk. Um, so I, there's, there'll be a lot that'll be discussed. There'll be a lot that'll be rumored about, but um, you know, I, I think it sets a platform for us to really develop something to move forward that, that all of us can be on board with, at least on this phone call anyway. Awesome. Um, Christina, financially, you've always talked about business, the business side of things. So is this something that is viable in terms of a one location, maybe more than one tournament, maybe three or four tournaments in the same concept? Is that something that maybe could be a goal for the, for 2019? Well, I, I certainly think that the four teams that are involved with this tournament, we're going to put one heck of a tournament on. Um, you know, we've got some great business owners and great business minds. So, um, you know, again, this might be the model that follows for the future, but I think it's too early. You know, I think we're focused on the July tournament. I think that we're all going to put our resources together, our minds together, and really put on you know, a great weekend, and then and then go from there. Um, you know, I I know we've had uh, conversations, Oscar, on on the show and offline. You know, I, I've 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 wanted to share my vision for a lot of years, and I and and I the four of us that are that are taking part in this tournament, I think we, I know we share the same vision. I know it. So it's just a matter of can we can we make it happen? And I think we can. But again, we're going to focus on this this weekend. Um, on this July tournament and then, and then take, and then take things from there. Um, you know, I, I think you had asked um, just recently, 
you know, I had another idea with the, the alumni and, and, you know, that's going to take some collaboration with the leagues. And I think right now it's safe to say that we probably are going to put that on hold for a little bit. Um, I still have the, the same commitment from the same folks that, that were, you know, helping me out with that project. But um, I, I have a little bit of excitement again, and I haven't had that for a while. But, you know, I, again, let's just focus on the July tournament. It's going to be some great football. I hope you can make it out there. And uh, and we'll do our best to put on a great show. Here's here's the thing, Odessa, though, Oscar, and I know we're supposed to be sticking yeah, to the script, but like women's football shouldn't lose people like Chris. You know what I'm saying? Like, agreed, if, right? If, agreed. If, if we lose people like her, it, that's a, that's a model issue. So we should be burning it down and building it up every single year to keep people like her in the business. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not independently no, right, right. wealthy. I work every single day. But when we have people who are willing to invest their time, their money, their resources, their connections, we got to make it attractive for them and make it exciting for them. I know that there's 100 or 150 teams that all want to come together and kumbaya and sisterhood, but that's not going to keep the Christians of the world, the investors of the world. That's not going to keep them around. So I, I, I like – I. I just want to shoot you straight that this is like, I will never rest. You can call me a disruptor if you want, but I don't want, you know, my grandkids or kids or the next great player to have to decide to pay to play this sport if they're a baller and we won't get there if we keep driving people like her away. And you're going to drive her away if you're asking her to pay for four flights in a year when she is not getting anything in return. So that's where my point has been. Yeah, that's where my point has been the whole time. And you guys, I've talked to every one of you. My point has been the same is just, you know, we're not taking the leagues are on a recreational model. We're not taking logistics seriously because expenses all, all the time on a real business sense, expenses kind of like are the big factor. Can't control that. You can't throw money away, just throw, throw money away. And if you're not making a profit, then why are you in business? And I think really that's what I've always been driven, you know, for the nine years is the same thing. I, I think uh, that's what we talked about it, right? If I can't sell a shirt, guess what? I ain't staying in business. The same basic concept anywhere else in other business. If you're not, you know, if you're not making ticket sales to try to make some revenue and then ultimately it's to get all the players, like you said, you know, rewarded. So, it, yeah, it's a, it's a big hurdle, but it is something that has to be brought up because the other stuff is great. It still is, it sustains and excites and brings, you know, players to, to the teams. But on a real pro level, just like in an arena level, um, there's a lot of things logistically that have to happen for a product to be out there and be viable and then ultimately pay the player. So I understand all you guys' points. So let's um... – if I, if I might interject, let's, let's talk a little bit about the event because there really isn't a ton that's been put out there on social media just so I know there's a lot of questions that are out there that, you know, hey, who's playing who? Why is this going to run? When the game's going to be played? Uh, you know, what time's kickoff? Uh, so on and so forth. Um, so we can just talk about the event at least at a high level. Um, obviously, there'll be some more details as we flush them out over the next week, week and a half, but um, uh, as of right now, we'll have a two games Thursday night on July 19th. Uh, first game will kick off at 
um, six o'clock. That will be Utah and Seattle will take take on each other. I'm going to rematch on that game, and then uh, Texas and San Diego will play each other at eight o'clock that night. Um, Friday we'll have a a player camp um, uh, or clinic uh, where the coaching staffs of these four teams, our four teams, will uh, put on a clinic for any player that wants to take part in this. So even if you're you know, you're not playing in the weekend as a player, but you're there. You want to come and watch um, our teams play each other. You want to be a part of the weekend. Uh, we want to be able to kind of show you how our our teams do things and to be coached by, um, you know, four of the upper-tier teams um, in America. We'll have our coaching staffs there to kind of put you through a player camp. And I think even more importantly, there'll be sort of an, or, uh, an owner's workshop that day as well. Uh, so we'll probably divide that day in half. Um, and it'll be an owner's workshop where the four of us will discuss how we operate as organizations and get, get, get some ideas going there. Um, and then the final day on Saturday, that always be include the championship. We'll play the, the losers of, of, uh, the games on Thursday night. I hate saying it that way, but, um, the losers of the games will play Saturday night at six o'clock kickoff. And then the championship game will be played at eight o'clock on Saturday evening. Are we having any streaming, Scott, at this point? Have we decided anything like that yet? Yeah, we have. It's 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 who is it going to be? But we are definitely going to have streaming. That's not that's. There's no questions about that. We definitely think that as a group that that is a tremendously important thing for us to have. It has to be you know at a at a uh, a professional level to have it done and and really put on put on a good show. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely an, an important aspect for us. All right. Um, Coach uh, Rasmussen, this is kind of exciting because Utah has been high-level caliber. Now we have San Diego. Then you have Seattle that played you, and then you have Texas. So on a coaching end of things, it's got to be pretty exciting as well. Yeah, we're excited to face these guys. These are – I mean, these three teams are perennial WFA powers for the last seven, eight years as long as I've been involved in the sport. and. Basically, we tried to uh, mirror our team after these three teams. <clears throat> That's not saying that the Bostons and the D.C.s and the Pittsburghs don't also uh, operate at that same high level, but to get a chance to be on the same field uh, with these three teams, and these three coaching staffs, these three admin organizations, it was just too uh, great of an opportunity for us to pass it up. So, yeah, we're excited. Uh, we're pouring through film. Um you know, trying to get it any little edge we can and just make it a really fun and exciting weekend for everybody that chooses to come and participate. All right. Um, it's going to be like a very exciting moment for women's football in a way because tournament-wise, we've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen it in the States where you get four teams to on a weekend. It's done overseas a lot, uh, just like we had the uh, Women's Australian Gridiron League this past weekend. So it's kind of nice to have it in the States. So this is kind of a new concept in that way too, but it also brings attention to uh, sort of a spotlight of, you know, top level teams. So it, uh, that's a positive for the sport. Yeah. I think that uh, anybody who watches or chooses to participate in any capacity uh, will be reinvigorated and, and, you know, a lot of folks with, 
big brains out there will come together and say, okay, we've got to do this a little bit differently. Um, and I think that in the end is a, a great outcome. Uh, you know, we participated in that uh, Hall of Fame All-Star event last December, and we found that players from different teams and different coaching staffs can really get along and put their heads together and come up with a, a better mousetrap. And, in, uh, you know, our mousetrap currently, as as is currently being operated across the U.S., isn't catching a lot of mice. And I think the vision that Scott and his staff and O.J. and, and her crew, as well as Christine and her crew, that's leading edge. Uh, we're, we're just happy to be in the same conversation with those teams. All right. So Odessa, the event is in is in Vegas. Uh, it's a it's a hotbed right now. Vegas is hotbed. NHL, WNBA. It's kind of like uh, Raiders coming to town. So that's a it's a good spot, I think, in a in a in a, in a sense, not just on a financial sense, but it's kind of a big big city now where everything happens there now. It it really is, and um, I think it's an. Ex- it was so funny. Um, everybody's been talking about the heat and um, how grueling it's going to be on your body, and um, it, it's it's more excitement about being in that city and being something new that comes to that city. Vegas loves new things, so I think as the week go as the weeks go on, we're going to find even more support. But yeah, it's it's a really cool time to be bringing something fun on an athletic level to Las Vegas. I can't – my players and my coaches and everybody, we're all, we're all really, really excited about, one, the physical and mental challenge, but just about being in, uh, being in Sin City, man. It's going to be exciting. Now, uh, Odessa, the, the level of play in a tournament mo- a mode, it happens a lot in soccer, as I mentioned before, but putting a women's tackle football tournament event, this is huge. Um, this, is, this is not like, you know – an all-star event, but this is, this is some caliber teams in an, in an international type of sense of feel. So that's, that's an awesome opportunity for not just Las Vegas to take notice, but maybe nationwide will take notice. Yeah, I think that's what the hope is. Um, I think as the, as the folks, as I call them my teammates now, um, but Chris and, and Scott and Rick have already said, I think that we're, looking forward to what this will be a launch pad for, but we're like 100% sure that it's going to launch into something, right? Whatever that means, because it's just too great of a product, not for people to pay attention. It's too easy of a model. So I think what we do with it from here falls on us four and our staffs um, to take this and do right by it. But it, it, it is something that I, I feel like it's historic and it's epic and I can't wait to get out there and um, and show this product. Yeah, I think right, so- uh, I think one thing you I think I think one thing you hear Oscar from all four of us, which is unusual in women's football, is you have four groups that have set aside egos and things that don't necessarily work out every way for their team to try to bring something together that makes a whole ton of sense for all of us. And uh, you know, I. Thankfully, there have been very few hard discussions that we've had to have between the four of us because we all think through things in a logical way and come to the same conclusions because it's best for 
it's best for the group as a whole. It's best for the sport. It's best for our players. And I, I, I'm, I, I can't be more excited about our group being involved with, with, with this group because you just don't see this stuff happening in women's football on a regular basis. All right. So I'm excited just for the concept to launch and I'm more tickled about what will happen after this event happens. So I think it's really a lot of, a lot of fans are in that mode right now. You know, the fact that you guys set this platform out there, nice event, everything goes right. And it's in Vegas of all places. And then right after that happens, I mean, feedback, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, my geek side of things just gets into analytics in, in a sense. And so, you know, if everything pans out, uh, this could be a concept, uh, you know, between one or two other dates and see how the fanfare uh, starts. So I, I think it's a great idea. Agreed. I think all four of us are on the same yep. page as that. We love it. A u- unique opportunity, right. unique execution. Yeah, it sounds it sounds amazing. So um, I'm going to let uh, Holly and Tracy here throw some shots at you guys here with maybe questions that I didn't ask. And then uh, Luis should be coming up out here in a bit. And then after that, uh, you guys have pretty much a long night as well and, and obviously brainstorming all this before this. So uh, let's, uh, let's get Holly in here. Holly, let's pick and choose who you want to throw darts at. <laughs> I don't want to throw darts at everybody because I'm about to play them. Um, but let's see. I, this can be to anybody in the group. Uh, I know that there's a lot of activity on social media and a lot of opinion flying out. Uh, what do you guys want to say to the critics about this move and about the tournament? I'll take that one. Um, you know, we obviously are not big on social media uh, chatting, but I and I'm not on it at all, so save your barbs. Uh, I don't even read them. But the shots that I'm hearing about directed um, – from a super fan who's associated highly with another particular team in another league, that's just inappropriate. What we're trying to do is do something different and something a little bit better. Um, Utah in particular is not running from anything. We're running towards something. Uh, We're trying to reach something better. And, um, you know, everybody has their own reason and their own grumbles and, you know, the clock isn't done proper, the refs are killing us. We're not built like that. We are trying to be the best that we can be. So to take shots at somebody else, hey, how come you didn't invite so-and-so? Well, the four teams got together. Uh, Everybody agreed with everybody else's mutual uh, vision. Uh, Sacrifices were made by all. It's a good deal. Um, And, um, you know, I'm not sure I'm a big believer in a single league. It, It seems to me that until we're established financially, that a single league sounds a lot like a monopoly. And, you know, the the vision that we want to carry forward is a league wherein the commissioners work for the teams, not the teams working for the commissioners. And this group is representing that first bold step towards that end game. And, and look, frankly, I, I've got to say this out loud – the IWFL has been good to Utah. Um, they accepted us when we departed with short notice from the other league. And, um, 
you know, yeah, there's been some management errors and some scheduling errors and things like that, but we're all human. So we're not going to throw darts at people, but what we are going to say is, hey, over that horizon behind that hill is something better, and we're going to march there with Dallas, San Diego, and Seattle. And anybody else who wants to march with us, um, because until we get this sport to a competitive level to where the players are actually recognized for their efforts and somewhere in the not-too-distant future are at least not having to pay out of their own pocket, we're not thinking hard enough. So that's what Utah hopes comes from this tournament. Awesome. Um, another thing that that has obviously been a problem this year is a lot of teams forfeiting, especially at the last minute this year. Um, one of the things that I've been an advocate for, and I want to get your guys' opinion on, is whatever league and whatever capacity that's out there in the future for women's football, do you think it would be smart to vet all new teams coming in? Should there be a vetting process rather than just taking a check from somebody and, and God knows where? Um, what What is your opinion on that? Chris, OJ, you guys want to take that? Uh, can I take this one? Yeah, go yeah, for it. Yeah, so um... – you know, I I don't think that. Well, so yes, I I obviously think that all teams should be vetted. I um, think that there should be some audit of a team. Uh, all teams should be real businesses. Um, I think that they should show that they're financially viable, um, meaning that if things were to break down in their model, whatever it is. So if your model is a thousand dollars per player, and something bad went wrong that you show that you can be financially responsible for if something went wrong, like any other business. Um, that way you can prepare yourself for things that cause forfeits. Um, so I think, yeah, there should be a vetting of teams, but I don't think that's the problem. I think that geography is really the problem, right? So even if you vet a team, if you keep winning, then you, in the current model, you are positioned to spend more and to have a bigger financial burden, which is like hard, right? That's a tough model in that the better you do, the worse you do. Nobody can sustain a business like that. So I think the geography has to change more than vetting individual teams because individual teams, won't, there won't be parity nationally if, if with that model, meaning I got better, I won a championship, thus I, that means – I didn't make anything. I just spent more than the team I crushed. Okay. Um, I think that's a valid point. I mean, especially, um, you know, my idea would be the best teams play each other, but the reality is that it does cost the travel. So, you know, maybe um, you're right, maybe more regional play initially until we get more established might be a, a good way to go. Um, I think Oscar took the rest of my questions. I'm looking at my list, and I think he took the rest of them. Um, so I'll pass it on to Tracy. Hi, guys. Um, nice to like, essentially meet you all over the phone. Um, look, mm-hmm. I definitely just want to say that I think it's courageous, and, you know, it's, it's, it's people like you that will absolutely change the landscape for our sport nationally and I think internationally people will start to really stand up and take notice of people that 
as Odessa calls them, wants to disrupt the, the current norm and, and really try and drive a, a more positive outcome and experience for players and coaches. So thank you. Um, I thank didn't you. really have any questions. That, sorry. I didn't really have any questions no that wasn't uh, already asked, but I just wanted to, I, I guess, make a comment around the, um, that there was a comment made about, um, you know, arena football and that kind of stuff. And, and I wondered, it's just a thought really, and I'd love to, to know your comments and your thoughts, but I wondered if maybe it's, it's time to really look at having something similar to men's football in the States, but like recreational leagues, uh, and then putting out something that is a more uh, tournament-style, bowl-style, college-style, whatever it might be, for those teams that do really want to put out a really high product of football. And I wondered if maybe that's that's the way that, you know, we, we might be able to progress the game as we move forward. Uh, I just wondered your thoughts on that. Christina, do you want to take that? Do you have any comments on that one? Um, yeah, if I if I understand right, so um, I, I think that I mean my, my I'm interested more in kind of uh, you know preserving just the traditional type. Um, are you talking about more of the style, arena style as far as the venue or the the style? No, of football? sorry. Yeah, so the style of football. I mean, there are I I think you know there are so many teams and and players and owners in the league that um, it has become recreational. It's become social and it's become something that. Um, you know, they love being involved in from that aspect. And then there are teams, players and coaches like Odessa and, and yourselves who really want to focus on playing the best level of football, having players out there that it doesn't cost them to play. So I just wondered if maybe that's somewhere we need to really draw a line is who wants to be that recreational social team and who wants to compete. Yeah, I think Odessa kind of brought that into the into the point when she talks about the vetting of the teams and, you know, I think that um, the workshop that we plan on holding out in Las Vegas will give some insights. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, I'm going to learn from Odessa, and Odessa will learn something from Utah, and, and Utah will take something from Seattle. And that's really what we need to do because I think there's still, you know, there's some owners out there that really don't have a good handle on what it might really take to run a, to run a team successfully. And, and they may have some business um, experience, but you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different type of business and, and maybe we can draw from, from each other. So that, that workshop that we hold is going to be key um, because we do need to develop those teams. We've got teams in Los Angeles. We've got great teams in Phoenix. We've got, and, and, you know, uh, one team reached out to me, um, and they were a little bit upset that they weren't included um, in this kind of venture. But, you know, we're not excluding anyone. Um, I think that uh, we need to just focus on a higher level of competition and um, maybe develop those teams. Um, and so, you know, there's a couple of different models that we've talked about, um, similar to what the baseball teams do with the minor leagues and, and kind of working through farm systems and whatnot. But, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, but we need to keep this very, very, very highly competitive in order to draw the sponsors, in order to draw the investors. We need to keep some very highly competitive football on the field. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of my thought. Tracy, you got any more questions? No, that's great. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, let's bring in Louise here before we let you guys go because I know you guys are all busy people and 
really appreciate you guys making the time and uh, on our show and kind of bringing the attention to this new uh, tournament event. Um, so, Luis. Hey, everybody. I got two questions, one for Chris and one for OJ. Um, but uh, first off, I mean, obviously there's a lot of teams in women's football, a lot, and they all aren't successful or even at a level that would attract a lot of fans. Not, not disrespect, it's just everyone starts at some point. Um, and, and, and I know from, you know, social media, and everyone likes to have an opinion, and everyone wants to talk about what's wrong, and everyone talks about what's better, what we should do this, and there's just a lot of complaining and no action. And so to me, this event was like, all right, no more. We're done talking. Guess what? We're taking action. And and so to me, that's invigorating, that's exciting, and I definitely think social media today thought that too, like, whoa, what just happened? And so that catches everyone's attention. There was no more talk. There was action. And, and a lot of teams struggle from lack of leadership, lack of good coaching, lack of commitment from players, and all that's tied together. Um, and and all the leagues that have existed, I just feel like we're America's built on a capitalistic society mentality. Guess what? Let's take what we have and make it better, as OJ was talking about. And let's build on that. And let's, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's Let's learn from it. And, and my whole career has been about that, being on teams, learning from it, doing another, let's do it better, whatever, with the different people, the different coaches, that kind of thing. So um, my, my first question for Chris is, okay, so did you take down the, the advertising on your Facebook page for the final search? Because it sounds like you guys aren't done. <laughs> so did you get that one taken off? And what's your plan? <laughs> I mean, I, I have excitement. I have excitement in my voice because um, I don't want to be done. I, I don't. I mean, I've, I've been involved with this sport for too long, but it didn't work for us in the WFA. And quite frankly, we got kicked out, uh, so we'll never go back there. And the IWFL, I had some optimism, but it didn't work out. And, and I have to have hope. And I do have hope that the four of us can figure this out. We, we know what it's going to take to make it work. And then this is just my straight opinion. The league, whatever that entity, whatever that regional league, uh, West Coast League, whatever it is, has to give back to the teams. End of story. That has to give back to the teams. What are we paying? What are we paying for? What are the teams paying towards? Um, It has to go back, back to the teams because financially it has hurt us with this travel it like OJ explained it great it pays it you have to pay to be good it it just it's a you you're you're building a successful business but then you're, you're losing money what that's insane it should be the other way around but um you know it's just I have optimism I I went back to my team uh this week when we held our team meeting and I looked them in the face and said if this can work we're going forward um, and, and that's, that's my commitment to them. So, um, if, you know, I haven't taken it down, I, although I did replace the Facebook cover page. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's our final season. I have hope and I know that we can figure this out. We will figure it Yo, out. Yo, there's a breakthrough on this call right now. I'm, I'm doing a hallelujah <laughs> dance right now. <laughs> hey, I, if, 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 if. If if I can jump in real quick, so it's it's kind of an interesting story. This is a little bit of insight, but you know when we when we started having conversations with um, 
you know, you know, hey, what's going on? What's going wrong in the league? What, you know, what can we do to fix it? How can we help? One of the first people I called was Chris. And I said, look, you guys are, you guys have been an elite organization for years. What is, what is causing you to get out? How do we keep you in? And how do we, you know, how do we, what, what do we work towards? What do we have to do to make this stuff work? Let's start having those hard conversations as elite organizations. It's tough. We all want things for ourselves, for our own teams. I get it, but we're the four of us. Our four organizations are really smart organizations, and there's a lot of smart people that are involved in it, from the highest level to the lowest level. Now, if the four of us can't figure this out, then there's something wrong. And uh, I, I was so excited to have uh, Chris bring this tournament idea to us. Uh, and then being able to share it with Utah and, and Texas uh, and and have I, – I can hear her excitement back in her voice. It's great to hear because OJ is right. We need people like Chris involved in the game. Okay, so um, that, that's good news, Chris. That means that Ring and Suggett, are you going to, like, bring them out of retirement? I know they were going to go sit with their Afghans after this season on their couches, right? So they have, uh, Our coaching staff has been together for – so long that I think they're related now. So yeah, I think oh, okay. uh, <laughs> they, that's my cousin. Uh, they, that's my other cousin. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they they definitely are excited. We have a great staff, and and um, and again, the, the team is excited. We can't be more happier for what's going on, and we just we'll take it one step at the step at a time, and I think we'll be fine. Well, very good. That's excellent news. Um, all right, and I've never been a, a I've never been a fan of the one league. I feel like sometimes people just say they just fall back on that when there's complaints or irritations. Oh, we just need one league. We just need one league. Like that's going to solve all our problems. And Agreed. so I think it's great having a regional thing. Obviously, there's a lot of re- reasons for it, and I'm fine with all that. And I think that's a great idea, and this is a good platform. The tournament's obviously a good platform. And I've waited a really long time to play San Diego, so I got that crossed off our list at least one time. And I waited a whole other long time to play someone from Dallas. So I'm glad OJ joined the joined in with the group. But my question for OJ is, obviously, I mean, this caught a lot of people off guard um, as far as social media. They didn't expect this. They were thinking, what's going on with the league, the IWFL, what's going on with their playoffs? And, you know, there's teams that are going to now be saying, hey, those those guys, they're getting together. Maybe we should be a part of that. You know, it's going to affect stuff in the layout. So for OJ – what are you saying? And I know you guys are all collective, but I got to just talk to one person. And when OJ came on the show before with Oscar, I said to Oscar, and Oscar and I agree. We're like, oh, OJ's got plans. She's going she's gonna to have a league somehow. So, um, so that's what I'm asking you. What are you going to say and, and to a, a team that might be interested in joining? And what's your punchline? And what's your uh, short, attractive line? And then what do you say if you don't want the team or if they don't measure up? So there you go. Well, <laughs> I don't have no a pressure. Lead, Odessa. So let's, no let's, pressure. Let's, uh, let's just keep it 100. Um, you know, I think that it, this is a perfect microcosm of what I want to see happen in women's football. I were lucky enough to be in a position to be leading a league. The league would have two things. It would have my business partner who has resources financially that could assist teams and assist the league 
to be in a position where they wouldn't struggle. So that's one. I I have access to some people who are willing to invest in women's football and aren't expecting much in in return early on. That's number one. I don't know anybody else, any other league that has that. Number two, I would only accept teams who could show that they were viable on the field and off the field, both financially and committed to the entire season and can prove that via an audit, whether that be you've played a game, you've played games before, you have a championship caliber, you have championship level players, you have pro level players, like that's going to have to, that would have to, this is all hypothetical, that would have to be demonstrated. It would also have to be demonstrated that you are financially viable and that you're willing to fall in line with the best of what, for what's going to happen for the league and for your players. And how it would be attractive is that no team would ever in this potential league scenario have to worry about a team forfeiting on them or finding a way to make money. The two biggest things that we struggle with would be avoided. Less established teams having to depend, established teams having to depend on less established teams and the travel issue. So everybody wouldn't be welcome, again, hypothetical, because that's not possible on a national level unless somebody's bringing millions to the table. That's hypothetically what I would offer. So what if a team wants to join and they have a few good players, but they haven't, they're like a 500-level team, and do you just say, you know, hey, we can't do it? We just doesn't you don't, you I, don't cut I it. I think there's other options for other teams, okay. right? And I think that yeah. the teams and and not not so much from a geographical standpoint. I, I'll I'll put the elephant in the room on the table. If Dallas Elite came and had a viable team and could show that they could compete with a San Diego, with a Utah, and with a Seattle, there would be a potential league voters of some sort to have that team in based on only those two things. I don't care where they're located. They could be in my backyard. They, If they could show that they were financially viable and on the field viable and regionally viable, it only helps the other teams. So anything that helps the other teams is what this potential league would be going for. All righty. So, you know, I think that's good. Just have it out there. So it's not a league for everybody. And... um and I think that's real valid and, you know, game on. And and hopefully everyone has a great experience, whether they win or lose. It's obviously better when you win. But anyway, it's uh, it, 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 there's more – I think there's a lot more in play than just winning in this one and uh, and just making the sport better and, and all the things that you guys have goals for. So I'm good, Oscar. See you guys in uh, – All July. right. Sounds like somebody's ready to put the kit back on. Uh, not as a backup, of course. Um, I do. I do well, what I'm told, Oscar. No, I know. I know what I know what Coach Rasmussen says. But yeah. Do you know he has um, like a whip over there? We have like classes. No, he doesn't. He's got he doesn't. all kinds of crazy stuff that we do. Seriously, He's probably got classes, a pistol. A pistol, I believe. A whip, I don't believe. Guns on the premises. Oh, it's all over the place. All right. Um. So, guys, I really appreciate you guys uh, actually giving us the privilege to bring you on and uh, kind of voice everything out, and hopefully some of the questions that we asked are the questions that were being thrown out there on uh, the social sites and on the group boards and everything else. Um, It looks like 
this event's going to be uh, something of a nice, you know, elevation to bring, like you're pointing out here, another level of football as an attraction to maybe, you know, somebody to look at this and go, hey, this is what we want to maybe invest in. But I think the bottom line is this is a great uh, concept. It's done internationally, like I just mentioned before, and it works internationally, not just in the soccer realm, but also in American football, in, in men's, um, men's competitions overseas, like in the Euros, in the Euro area. So this is kind of not a new concept, maybe a new concept to the States, but I think it could work. Yeah, it's going to work. Yeah, we're, I think we're, yep, it'll, it'll work. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, we were going to say the same thing. I think, you know, what if we just walked away and had like the best women's tournament ever? What if it were just that? Like, wouldn't that wouldn't that be better than what we've done before, or what what the potential outcome was? So I think at the very least, let's just go put on one hell of a tournament and make sure. everybody proud about the product that we're about to put out here. And that's what I'm talking about: the fact that this is going to be sort of a showman of what the sport can be and at that level. And I think the, everybody's taking pride in that from all, everybody's um, uh, answers. Everybody's committed to that one goal. And so we will see July 19th through the 21st in hot Vegas. Uh, it is going to be the best of the West championship. And it will be consisting of the Texas elite Spartans, the Seattle Majestics, the Utah Falcons, and the San Diego surge. So um, Odessa, Scott, uh, Rick, Christina, thanks uh, for making the time today. Really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, giving us the opportunity and the privilege to kind of like air out the stuff and the concept and everything about the tournament, including the questions that we threw out you that most uh, players and obviously fans of the sport wanted to get answered. So you guys did an amazing job just coming in and just giving us that feedback. Thanks for having us on, guys. All right, guys, I will look forward to and uh, kind of figure out what's going to happen in uh, in terms of the weeks coming up ahead. And so it's going to be a great tournament, especially in Las Vegas. All the events that happen in Las Vegas, especially now with the Nashville Knights, um, everything that's happening now in Vegas, this is huge. This is obviously huge, and it makes sense to have it there. And so um, really applaud everybody. So uh, Christina, Odessa, Scott, and Rick, Thanks again. I will be in, in touch with you guys. And if you guys had any, any more details, we'd really appreciate that. And then that kind of helps us out in the weeks to come as the, uh, the tournament gets, uh, you know, more hype. And then on game day, July 19th. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thank you, Oscar. Thanks, Oscar. All right, uh, Luis, I think we have uh, yourself and my – that's it pretty much. I don't know. I think Chrissy – I don't know if Chrissy's still on or not. Let me find out, see if she's on with us. Yes, she is. So, so uh, I'm Chrissy Tracy. Why did I say Chrissy? <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> my day has been horrible today. I might, I, might have, I might admit today's been a horrible day. I was in the Bay Area. 
I ran into traffic um, and uh, things just happened anyways. But anyways, I made it to where we needed to make it. But other than that, it's been good because the uh, this this is huge. This is big time. And so what do you know? There you are. Um, this is huge. Uh, Tracy, I mean, this is similar to the, WA, uh, the WAGL that happened this weekend, similar concept. Yeah, it's, um, like I said before, I'm, I'm really excited to see it play out, and I think it's, it's awesome for the players, and it's it's a well-needed shake-up for, for that region. And, you know, if, if we can do it in Australia and make it work and make it be exciting, I can only imagine the product that's going to be out there in July. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. I did want to say something that was a slight little stab, but I, I chose not to. I found oh, it go for super it. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting that the IWSL removed their team logos from the page so quickly, yet they cannot update any statistics or information on time. So I found that really interesting. What's going on, Tracy? Conspiracy? <laughs> it just so happened. <laughs> now, I watched that today, and I'm like, you can't put up an update on teams that come into your league, and you couldn't put a consistent schedule all week, but you can swipe and delete. <laughs> Based on a memo. Oh, just I don't know. You know what? I'm with Burmy Land. I just I I I know it exists, but I don't know if I want to cover it. You know what I mean? They got to get serious about it in order for us to cover it. But anyways, um, Tracy, I know you got a bail here at a little bit here. So let's talk W A G L. The excitement you had. uh, uh, Hodgins out there, 84 of Queensland, just having a breakout game in the last a game or so of the tournament. Uh, Evans played well. Mm-hmm. Cubis played well. Um, just, you know, just, unfortunately, I just, I don't want to be biased, you know, because Moran and, and Evans are my no-joke football athletes, <laughs> but technically, you know what I mean? Uh, even Aurora, who I'm, I'm just so heartbreaking that she, you know, her knee broke off and stuff, but she was outstanding on defense. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just, you know, I'll just throw it out there, obviously, that I'm a little biased. But other than that, um, you know, the Sun Devils just kind of like, you know, they played their game. And uh, But the Eagles, I was impressed. Uh, Demizio, pretty impressive. Uh, Polis Kassar, impressive as well. Um, so there's mm-hmm. a, a couple players there. Um, just unfortunate that uh, Rachel Hahn um, had to go down with an injury again. I really wanted to see her, you know, see what she could have done with New South Wales and Stacey Spear out there as well. But uh, just speak to the to the tournament. Uh, in the four days yeah um you know you, you've definitely hit the nail on the head as we would as we would say back home that it was uh a tournament filled with you know huge highs and huge lows for, from player injury but also performance on the field from some of those people that haven't been able to uh you know participate in this sort of tournament before and Hodgins so Riley's been playing for the Gold Coast Stingrays for for quite a while but you know, had some really unfortunate injuries um, for the last couple of seasons. So it's nice to see someone like that actually be able to be in the element and, and really break out and have some really, you know, six, have a successful tournament. So you're right, there's always key players and there was a lot, both, all four teams had a lot of outback players. So in terms of experience uh, on that, in that kind of campaign and that setting, it was, uh, would have been great to have those players on that team, especially for people who it was perhaps their first, you know, uh, first game in this kind of uh, competition. So Christy Moran, I mean, she's one of my favourites. <laughs> no no, no uh, secret about that. And I'm definitely 
not uh, shy to, to scream it to the rooftop that I think she's a phenomenal athlete, but she's also one of those players and people that really keep a, game, uh, keep a team together and, and really are in it to better the sport and to be around like-minded females that, that want to look after each other and, and compete and, and have a good time. So it's great to see her have a good campaign. Um, I was really impressed with WA. I think that's probably my highlight from the whole tournament. Um, I said it earlier in the show, but, you know, to, to come into a tournament where they play four games essentially over four or five days, which is both physically taxing and mentally taxing, it was good to see, you know, their coaching staff stay calm under pressure and, and their players really focused and, and humble about the competition that they were playing and, and make great plays and, and really turn up and compete. It looked like they had been playing as a group for years. And that's what the sport needs. The sport needs, you know, new people to come into it and, and revitalize it and re-energize it and, you know, have good football and good competition. And I think that was a standout. I also don't know if you noticed that uh, there was a, a, young, a young female who was the white cap referee. I think she might be 17 or 18. Um, and she was a, a white hat for, for the games and, and also the championship game. And she did a phenomenal job. I believe she's from Queensland. So it was exciting to see, you know, all sides of the game, not only players and, and women coaching, but also women refereeing. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, Rihanna Ebrook out there, just a beast for WA. <laughs> just she a is total beast. beast. I mean, yeah, I don't want to even meet awesome. her in an alley by myself. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> kind of scary. And so, uh, but she's just a beast and she played an outstanding game, good leader out there. Um, you know, yeah. you could see it. Um, she had them going on uh, divine, of course, playing really good ball mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. the one person that stood out for me was Collins on North South, uh, New South Wales, because such a yeah. heartbreaking start, but she just, she just played her. I mean, just a sack master right there, just putting it out mm-hmm. and putting it out and putting it out. And then Briscoe getting off on sack. Never realized that, you know. I was like, what is going on? This woman, she's got on Red Bulls or something because she's just going, oh, just going on sacks and brutalness. Her. Yeah. I, I was because like, she, she runs like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And she's got these quick little feet that just kind of like look like they're moving on the spot. But then all of a sudden. She's, she's listening to you, Tracy, and... by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> I know there's no secret there. I think she's amazing. And, um, you know, to make the transition too, she started in the game six or, six or so years ago as a quarterback, and um, she was mm-hmm. a strong quarterback in the league. And to be able to, you know, be told that we're going to move you on different sides of the ball in different positions, she took that leadership that she had quarterback and really, um, you know, led from the front as a, a linebacker. And she plays safety, she plays everywhere, and she she had a great championship too. So, but yeah, back to to Ed Brook. Oh my goodness, I met her back when we were playing LFL actually and she was a beast on the field then but she knew she loved football and she wanted to play no matter what setting that looked like and you know she's been a really pivotal person in making the league happen in Western Australia and I think she's a top top woman she's an amazing personality a great heart she's physically a beast and she's going to be a big ambassador for the sport so it's really pleased to see her take home like a tourney MVP and like you said lead from the front so um, I wish I could have been there, but the coverage online was great. And, you know, having Stacey Spear really drive the social presence, you know, making sure the website was updated, little things like posting pictures and sharing stuff meant that, that 
the sport, the game, the championship was highlighted. And, and I think that that's going to be have a huge impact on what the seasons look like for this year and next year for the for the league nationally. So overall, I think it was definitely yeah, a success. I will, I will tell you, I, I ended up messaging uh, Lauren and said, you know, the, 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 the uh, Evans to Q, uh, Cubist connection just needs to be working in the last <laughs> game. So I don't know if my insights yeah. helped, but it didn't go that <laughs> route. I think it went to Hodgins. So my, my coaching skills are not as good as, you know, my observations. Um, well, uh, take nothing well, away from Jordan Demizio. Yeah, Jordan Demizio, yeah. just, you know, just a, a beast out there for the Eagles. Uh, very impressed with this uh, athlete. And uh, she deserves the uh, tournament MVP. And then Christy, obviously, the national uh, national tournament MVP. Mm. So what a great tournament. Um, expectation uh, should be for the next tournament. But uh, I think every club got better. Now we're going to see if, you mm-hmm. know, if act, the act gridown can get their act together and maybe South Australia actually come into the fold. That would really make it a six-team yeah. six tournament. So pretty exciting buildup. And then everybody – that was having an an outback helmet. You already knew what their level of play was, given their experience in Vancouver. They all kind of showed up. Yeah, and there were a few that weren't wearing them, which was uh, so little hidden hidden uh, ninjas on the field. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd wear my outback helmet. I feel like that's a little bit of a target, but especially being bright gold. But um, it was so it's such a great thing to see, like in an All Star game here in America or. You know, something oh, yeah. like this tournament where you can see all of the different clubs represented. And it was so cool to have some South Australian players like Kate Michaelis actually made a huge impact for New South Wales. So it's good to see these players not be disheartened and kind of sit back and just and watch in the stands and, and put their hands up and say, no, I want to pay the money. I want to be a part of this and hopefully take it back to those states that didn't participate and really, really push for this to you know, be something that's important to, to rally people together and, and have a presence at the next tournament. The value, I think, in Queensland is you also have not just the male squad of coaches, but you had uh, Lon Turlock as well, Aurora's mom, and then you had a Dana mm-hmm. Davey as well. So there's, there's, there's a uh, beginning there where the, the coaches, yeah. you know, uh, were not all male staffed, which I think that was uh, yeah. kind of interesting to see in a way, but also – you did see the fire and fury on both of those coaches when things didn't go right. <laughs> so yeah, and I think the one woman to another, as they say, on, on my side. <laughs> of the- <laughs> well, with it, you know, with Adina, she's been heavily involved as a player and a coach for the Gold Coast Stingrays for a little while, and and same with Lon. Lon was a, a Stingrays player, and and since then has you know started the club for for the Rhinos with her daughter Adaha. So it's nice to see that these players are making that next step, that natural progression into coaching and, and staying involved in the sport. And I can tell you 100% both of those women have a lot of fire in them. So it was nice to see them involved on the sideline and really, you know, making an impact there. I'm sure it would have been hard for Lon to watch her daughter go through something like that. But to, to keep focused and positive like she did was, uh, you know, a true testament to, you know, again, being an ambassador for the sport. Oh, yeah. All right, so there you guys have it, uh, Tracy Brick's overview of the WAGL. We look forward to the next tournament as well. And then uh, obviously in the fall here, we're looking forward to the next season coming up down under. So, uh, Tracy, it's always, uh, it's always nice 
that you're on now, and then you can actually give us true feedback instead of us making speculation based on stats and everything else, and that you have relationships with the individual players as well. So um, I will say it again, I am biased a little bit because I have some athletes on there that sponsor my brand. So, But other than that, hats off to everybody in the tournament that did an amazing job. The announcers, once again, did an outstanding job of giving us feedback, real uh, play-by-play excitement. Uh, it really felt like NFL-like when you're watching the stream, and uh, them knowing their, you know, the the player, the history of the player, from what team they came from. All that insight was so valuable. So uh, Kenny out there, if he's listening, amazing job out there. All right. Um, so Louise, this huge bombshell today. And then we got all this other stuff that needs to be taken care of. I, I don't know if I'm out of steam already. I <laughs> know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's mentally taxing. It's draining. No, it's, that's huge stuff. I just, it's like I said to them, I just think it's so cool because a lot of people don't have the ability to enforce change uh, outside of their individual team spheres. Um, and it's not a knock on them. It's just that not everyone's in a position financially, leadership-wise, that kind of stuff. And you and I see stuff on the boards all year, whatever. People want different. They want this. They want that. They suggest this. They suggest that. And so it's just really cool to think that there's people that can step up and say, yeah, we can do something about it, and we're going to. And so um, I look at the three leagues. Well, there's there's the fourth league, the XXFL in Texas. That's really small. Um, and I actually think they do some things well as far as their advertising and just some of their video promos. And, you know, we know that the WFA has done some good things. The IWFL has been around since 2000, so they've done some good things. Um, and I just think it was time for something else and something to build upon everything that's done in the past. So I know that the Falcons are excited. Um, the other teams say they're excited. Um uh, you know, you have to. It's it's a six and seven week for the Falcons. It's six week wait. The Dallas they're playing in June, um, and for Seattle and San Diego it's also a big wait. So it's it's going to come down to which team can maintain their edge, can get conditioned, and can be most mentally ready and physically ready. I think one of the things that I get worried about. I grew up in Arizona. And and it's dang hot down there. It's not any hotter than it is in Vegas. And I remember playing in summer softball tournaments during the day and all that kind of stuff. And your body just gets used to it. You just get used to it because that's where you live. So I definitely think it'll be a little bit of adjustment for most everybody. Um, but the field gets so hot on your that artificial turf, which I think they're trying to do artificial turf. Um, I think it depends on the field. That gets so hot on your feet. And uh, and I have never played on, in a football game where it's been 115. You know, I've played in South Carolina and North Carolina in the humidity, and those are they've been some hot fields. And so it could be really hot, and your feet just start to cook a little bit. <laughs> so uh, that'll be interesting. But man, what a well! What I think they, I think they end up figuring things out. Otherwise, they wouldn't have. Uh... Like uh, Scott said, they're probably going to incorporate certain time frames based on climate. Well, so, yeah, so as they get closer, they games. might just have to shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're evening games. I've, I've. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So it won't be. I don't think. I, I don't think it's going to be as hot as it is. You know, full day. But I'm pretty sure they've taken that into account. But 
the venue, the location is what I'm saying is, is, is a smart move because it, Vegas, you can't go wrong. If you, if this goes right, um, you're able to return again, just like you do music tournaments. I mean, music events or music concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. If this somehow shows up to be a good, valuable format, then it's just a matter of setting it apart. And so, okay, well, we'll be back in 90 days or 120 days, that kind of mentality. Well, and the showcase other some other teams. Yeah, other events, um, you know, like the All-Star thing that happened last year. I, something else that I saw that was really a good comment is that someone, I don't remember who it was, said, well, hey, next time bring the best, best four teams from the East. So I thought, you know what, that shows, I mean, best four teams from the East as well. So that shows, hey, this is cool. We want to be a part of that coolness. And um, and who doesn't want to go to know, Vegas? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've been in Vegas in July. It, it's pretty hot. You don't walk around uh, no, the world just, day. <laughs> I'm just saying from the east, from the east coast. Oh yeah, from the east like, coast. Like, oh, I want to go to Vegas. No, yeah, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Aircraft. And who doesn't want to yeah. go to Vegas? So maybe Scott yeah, and the, and Christina and Odessa are onto something here. <laughs> Vegas uh, is the, yeah. top, the place to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> go lose um, some weight while you're there. Seriously. Sure, of course. There's a health yeah, benefit. No, uh, it'll be interesting to see not just how the event unfolds and if people attend for the clinic and just all those kind of things. It'll be interesting to see all the what happens after. I can't imagine. Obviously, it affects the IWFL. I can't imagine it's not going to affect the WFA. Um, and then I saw, I don't know if you saw this, but then the WSFL, you know which league I'm talking about, the one that's a little more the, southeastern. The, the USWFL, yeah. Yes, the USWFL. They put out a notice today saying, hey, we're taking applications and we want to expand, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, holy moly. I mean, people wanted some change and they wanted something. So it's going to be an ex- interesting off season for women's football. The only the only drawback here is the yeah. constant scenario that happens every other – I've been following the sport since 2009. We yep. always get a bump and then we get a yep. thud. We get a bump <laughs> and then a thud. You know what I mean? It's really how yeah. it works out. We get this huge high. Everybody feathers our hair and combs our, you know, left to right. Yep. And we all look yep. pretty, going to church and all that good stuff. And then all of yep. a sudden we get there and it's like Wally World's closed. Sorry, you can't make it in here. But yeah, hopefully I, that'll change. You know what I mean? Hopefully well, that'll yeah. change. But there's definitely some big I'm people just and big teams in play. But yeah, you're totally right. So I, I, it'll, oh man, I just still think there'll be a. There's so many pieces now to the puzzle. That and, and you know a lot. So it's teams, a wait. Uh, Technically, it's it's like being in the lobby at a hotel. Wait and see. Wait for your room. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Wait for your room. Wait for your room. Once and once because, we get there on July nineteenth, we'll figure out how uh, you know how elaborate this room looks like, and what yeah. kind of window setting. <laughs> All oh that good yeah, stuff. for but, sure. Um, let's talk about week ten in the in the uh, WFA here because we only got about uh, twenty minutes before we got to get, get out of here, but. um Philly Phantoms will take on Boston Renegades. Philly obviously coming off that, you know, we talked to Troy last week and said, hey, Philly uh, going against Black Widows. Troy said, hey, probably not. Black Widows probably not going to, you know, Philly's not going to yeah. come down to their level and lose, and they did not. They they beat mm-hmm. Richmond 30-6. to six. We talked about New York taking on the undefeated Connecticut Hawks, and we kind of figured they were not at that level of New York, and Karen Mulligan says you're seven touchdowns down from our level. 
And so she kind of put a clinic on Connecticut, technically. Uh, they only put up seven points, and they put up 54. So that was one of those. Orlando, somehow something's going on in Miami because Miami is, in the last three weeks, has not been the Miami that we're used to being competitive. Mm -hmm. And unless Orlando has put up a huge defensive bonus of, an, of, a, of a crew out there, uh, at 40-6, to six, they take care of Miami Fury. Um, Tampa Bay, 49-9 to nine over the Dixie Blues. Um, so that was another. Elite, we take care of Houston. That was not a surprise. Um, Portland, Everett, there's a, something happened yeah. with the refs and some players, and so we don't have an official uh, word from the WFA at this point of what the, how the incident happened based on a video from Hawk's Wheel that we shared via, obviously, the uh, Everett Rain. Um, so, you know, you can make your own assessment. Watch the video. You can go to our Facebook page there. And so at this point, it was decided, the refs decided that uh, 32 seconds, I think, uh, before the half that they were going to call the game and they gave it to Portland. We have not heard any information from the WFA if that's going to stand or not, but officially it's been registered as 22 to 14. So we will wait and see uh, what that outcome is or the decision as to what happened. But uh, my understanding was there was, you know, a player felt targeted by the refs. And then apparently, you know, the coach on Everett was not happy with that. And then on the sidelines, there was some uh, player cussing and coaches and stuff. And one of the referees took offense. That was that's what I gathered from that. Then they made the decision to call the game. So uh, unless the WFA can clarify other than that, um, that's not factual on my end because that's just what I saw in the video. So we'll see what the WFA, you know, comes up with as an explanation for it. But as it stands right now, week nine, Portland Shockwave 22, Everett Rain 14. So we'll leave it at that for that. Um, let's see here. Warriors, uh, they get the forfeit from Capital City, which Capital City uh, obviously hasn't played since week two. So that's an easy road for them. But, will it, Luis, will the Warriors be tested, battle-tested as they go into the playoffs? Given, you know, given what they've done in season, it's fine. But once you get into the playoffs, that's the big question for Los Angeles. Are they going to be battle-tested? So as we go into week 10 here, uh, Boston will go up against Philly. This is kind of a rematch of the beginning of the season. But this is crucial for both teams. Boston is crucial to stay in the hunt. And then Philly is crucial. Um, I think the Massey rating, let me look it up. Yeah, right now. I have my notes on here. Huh? Now it's just a matter of the, the Masseys play home or away. The Massey ratings for WFA two, from what I wrote down, was Philly was ranked third in the WFA two, right behind New York and Minnesota. So that's where they stand. Then uh, in the other way, Boston, I believe, was ranked third, if I'm correct, or second in WFA one. So big, big matchup here. Uh, crucial game for both. Okay, and then you got D.C. against uh, New York. D.C. Has, has been playing balls out on defense. Uh, Amanda has been playing pretty good ball, airing up the ball there. Uh, the run game's pretty strong, too. So the, I think they're ready for playoff mode. Then we get Connecticut and Black Widows, which, you know, week nine, they, they faced up at a high-tier caliber uh, competition. So now they really get to face each other. We will see here. It is, uh, I think it's five and, what, six and one 
is Connecticut now, and then you also have um, let's see uh, Richmond's record. I, let me look it up. Four and two Richmond. So them two neck and neck in tier three. That's going to be interesting there. Um, the Passion take on Cleveland. I just don't see Cleveland coming out on top here. I think Pittsburgh's got too much power and and they're on a roll. Dark Angels taking on Toledo. Uh, Dark Angels have uh, stepped up their game. They're five and two. Looks to me like Toledo is uh, four and two. So a pretty good matchup uh, coming up in week 10 there. You also have on the other side, Alabama has lost literally three weeks in a row now. Are they going to go lose four in a row against Huntsville? And I think Huntsville played pretty well this past weekend. Uh, if I can look it up here. Yeah, Huntsville barely lost to Knoxville Lightning, which Knoxville has been playing pretty good ball the last three weeks as well. So they could probably rebound, but uh, it, this is one game that Alabama Fire cannot afford to lose. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. A Derby City, Music City Misfits. We talked about how D3 was going to be a focus for coming down the stretch, and here we are. That's crucial games for both of them. Derby, 5-2, and two, um, the uh, Misfits as well, crucial game for them. Uh, the surprising team so far in the last three weeks in D3 that we've been covering is Mississippi Royalty, just completely on a roll here. Uh, they, they, get, they take on Knoxville, who's coming off that win against Huntsville. So we'll see how that turns out. And then the Battle of Florida, Tampa Bay Inferno will be taking on Orlando Anarchy. This is going to be an awesome matchup. 7-0 and Orlando, taking on 5-2 and Inferno. This is going to be good. I hope they, uh, I hope they stream it because that will be good to kind of watch yeah. it. Um, Jacksonville and Miami have kind of fallen off the map the last couple weeks. And so that's a battle of who's going to want to get the beggar win. Then we get Minnesota uh, against Kansas City. So uh, the Phenom against the Minnesota Vixen, which is uh, uh, the, you know, it's always tough. Uh, Joey Rylander out there with Minnesota. So that's, the, I think that would be the game of the week, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so huge. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be the game of the week. Um, Minnesota, Kansas City. Um, hopefully they stream it. Um, Kansas City's been doing a great job of streaming the games all season, so let's hope that that happens as well. Um, Arkansas shouldn't have a problem. They should just steamroll into the playoffs at this point because they're taking on Akadena Sideco, and I'm sorry to say Zydeco, but uh, these uh, Wildcats are wild right now, and uh, mm-hmm. they look like they're not going to—they're not quitting. They're just doing their thing, and they're heading in there. Um, Dallas taking on Arlington. Um, Louise here. This is this is could this could be a trap game for Dallas. Uh, Arlington's on they, a roll. Winners this is a huge in, though, game for Dallas. Out. The winner, that's what I'm win, saying. Goes to the playoffs. Yeah. Huge, winners, losers out. Huge comp. That's what I'm talking about. Arlington has been playing good ball. This is their moment. If they want to make a statement in the WFA, this is their home game as well. So elite on the road, the champs on the road. Can they get the road trip and bounce off Arlington? That's the big yeah. question here. So they will. That's a big game. Uh, Portland coming off the uh, obviously the incident in PDX, as I'm calling it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're taking on Tacoma on the road. Hopefully, we don't have an incident in Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
other than that, uh, they, they, they got a rebound. They, you know, if they get the win as decided by the WFA based on we're waiting on that, obviously that's the second win right there. If they can beat Tacoma once again, mm-hmm. mile high, kind of disappointing. They get literally spanked by Kansas city at home and they were only able to muster two points. That was not the mile high that we expected to show up. So they get an opportunity here with against Colorado freeze. Guess what Colorado would love to do to mile high right now. Just literally get that win. And they're coming off a 33 to 12 beatdown of Thundercats in that region. So this would be a huge, huge win for the freeze to take down mile high back to back week and kind of like mile has already pretty much a playoff bound, but that would not be great for them to lose in the last week of the season and try to get ready for the playoffs. Yep. So not, not cool at all. Uh, Warriors taking on Sin City. I don't know, Luis. No, <laughs> probably not. Right. <laughs> no, Sin City and, is going to play their hearts out, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think it'll be. Uh, LA's not going to be challenged until because they play Portland first round. Second round, they got to go to probably, or Dallas probably goes to them if Dallas right. wins. Um, so, I don't know. I I still pick. Warriors they might get, they don't get challenged until they have to face the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever comes yeah. out of the East Coast. It's either going to be yep. Pittsburgh, D.C., or Boston, the yep. way it looks at right now. Yeah. So they won't be tested until probably, to your point, yeah, probably at, at the end. The East Coast, the East Coast playoffs mode is always so brutal. <laughs> you yeah. it's brutal. So whoever comes out of it is so seasoned and so uh, mm-hmm. on the edge, knowing that the game is so crucial. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying I don't know if that's going to be a detriment for Los Angeles, not having such a, a you know, a tough schedule to get to that playoff, but we'll see. The only thing I see as being positive for um, L.A. is they probably won't have to flex their muscles as much, and so they may not incur the injuries that the East teams may incur because they're playing just just bloody games. You know, they're just playing tough, tough games each each round. So you get a little more beat up. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, guys, a reminder, you guys can check us out on Snapchat, snapchat.com, forward slash Great on Beauties. Check out all the WAGL 2018 uh, things that happen. Uh, thanks to uh, Christy Torres out there, Lauren Evans, Aurel Turlock, um, everybody out there that took over our Snapchat. So check it out. Go to Snapchat and create Iron Beauty. And that happened over at the WAGL 2018 tournament. Ch- subscribe to our YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash gridiron beauties for amazing shared videos of women playing American football globally. Check out our playlist, the 2018 WFA playlist, as well as the 2018 legends football league playlist. Go to our Facebook uh, page for all the weekly results, inspiring stories and media news that's happening in with the women's game at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauty. And if you want to hang out daily, you can do it on Twitter. Twitter at Gridiron Beauty for breaking news, updates, and more. And so it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, we are on TuneIn now. So if you haven't downloaded the TuneIn app, go to the TuneIn, go uh, to the Google Play Store, or go to the Apple Store, download TuneIn. You can listen to us on TuneIn. 
now, as well as right here on Block Talk Radio and on Apple Podcasts. Wow. Um, the FFX Mexico, the semifinals this past weekend, Juarez 25, the Jaguars 25. They beat the Sharks 24. Sharks, pretty good team all season. They just get edged here by a point in the Extreme Conference. So they will take on uh, – the, the Jaguars will be taking on, I believe, the Raiders um, this coming next weekend, Jaguars and Raiders, for the Extreme Final. Then you had Raiders shutting out the Amazonas in the Extreme Semifinals 20-0. to zero. So they'll be taking on, um, I believe, the Aggies. Is it the Aggies? Let me look at this. Yeah. So Raiders – I'm sorry – Raiders versus Jaguars for the extreme final. Panteras um, will be taking on um, Aggies for the premier final. So Panteras won 36-0 against the Bulldogs, and the Aggies also won. So it's Panteras versus Aggies for the premier final. You got Aggies versus um, – I'm sorry, Raiders versus Jaguars for the extreme final. The Master Ladies, um, it's the Titans right now, 5-0-1. Uh, Lobos four two and zero, Bakingas two and one, which is former champs in the in the previous format. Panteras two and four, and Thunder Girls zero oh and six. If you haven't checked out our coverage via TVP Culiacan Obregon and Culiacan, okay, and those of you in Spanish understand what I'm saying. Um, the Liga del Pacifico, Football del Pacifico, the LFP. It's a legend style play in Mexico. And Pretty Monsters took care of business. They're uh, 8-0. They finished the season by defeating the Evil Queens. The Potros Itzen defeated the Casaderas, the Mochis. The final, Pretty Monsters versus Potros via TVP. And that's going to be exclusively on Facebook, at our Facebook page as well. And if you didn't catch the games this past weekend, the semifinals, go to our Facebook page. Check it out. Full game coverage from TV uh, TVP Kulekan, Obregon, and Sinaloa, so we can be no uh, a lot happier here. A kind of privilege that they're giving us uh, and sharing that with us. So uh, it's awesome. The Liga del Football del Pacifico 2018, uh, Pretty Monsters, will be taking on the Potros Itzan, two high-powered offenses. They're going to be on showcase this coming next weekend. So, uh, um, Luis? Mexico, if you haven't checked out the games, I encourage you to go check out the games because pretty good broadcast, real, real cool, high-end broadcast. Yeah, that, those are on Gridiron Beauties, right? I mean, Gridiron yes, they Beauties, are on Gridiron Beauties. Page. Okay. Yep. So yeah, it was pretty exciting, um, pretty, pretty exciting weekend of semifinals there as well. Uh, on top of the big tournament in Australia that Tracy just talked about, which a mm-hmm. huge weekend. And on top of that, the BAFA Women UK uh, Diamond Series, which is the Southern Blaze, won that. You can get the uh, logistics on our Instagram as well as on, on our Facebook page. Um, just going through my notes here, just in case I didn't miss anything. Uh, we talked about the XSFL was- in Texas, 48 to yeah. 7. The South Texas Generals winning the inaugural title there against Kingsville uh, Empire, which Empire played pretty well in the last couple weeks of the season. If you are a, a subscriber to Club Burmy, you get some of the insights on each weekly matchup. So if you are uh, inclined to go to Club Ermy, you can get some of the insights as well. Um, so here, the WWCFL really nice. results, we'll go ahead and post those okay. up on Facebook as soon as we get them. 
Go ahead, Luis. What's really nice is when you have Tracy on is that she's played, you know, in that league and she knows those players. And that's just really cool insight to um, that she has the ability to talk about, you know, more firsthand and know these girls and be teammates with them. So that's really cool. It's so, somehow it would be so great to have a representative from every league nationwide, you know, chime in for two seconds or, or worldwide, I'm sorry, worldwide, because, uh, you know, you just get that personal touch. So, Tracy, that's awesome. That she has that ability. We're working on that as we speak. I know. I so know. as ESPN soon as, as soon as, <laughs> yeah, we're working on it as we speak. Uh, down the road here, our Facebook Live on our Gridiron page within the next uh, four weeks here going forward, we have a lot of things planned out. We are going to elevate our game. That's what we're going to do. It's kind of like a All fierce right. linebacker on a, on a quarterback. That's our level now. It's the so that's where we're headed coming. for the change. The change is change coming. Change in women's football. Um, you can check out all the action on our Facebook page. If you miss anything, if you love legend style and you like traditional women's gridiron, you can't go wrong by going on our page. We've got amazing network people in every continent uh, from every league. So at this point, the LFB, FXFL out of Central Mexico and Cancun, check out. We're going to get updates from them as well. Uh, the w, WFL which is the Women's Football League out of Central Mexico and Northern uh, Mexico. We'll update that as well this coming weekend on the games. And congratulations to Team Legacy for winning the Guam Women's Tackle Football League Championship, the Lata Stone Championship, their seventh championship in uh, Guam. So congratulations to Team Legacy. They beat the Island Stunners out there. So uh, we got the information on our Facebook page as well. So a lot of football that gets played not just in the states but internationally so we don't sleep you don't need to sleep and guess what like i say on twitter all the time we cover it so you don't have to so that's what it is we do it you don't have to you just got to show up so go to twitter uh, at great iron beauty um so i don't know Luisa. Uh, week 10 in wfa is going to finalize the whole week and then we get ready for the playoffs you go to wfaprofootball.com for the playoff brackets and you can set up your own bracket based on what's going on. And interesting is going to be Massey ratings. It always gets interesting this past this, this end of the year because see where everybody lands. And I, I think the key there people forget is the strength of schedule um, is taken into account much heavily in that sense. So we'll see how that turns out. East Coast is going to be a dogfight. West Coast, I don't know. But every tier is going to be exciting going forward in the next two weeks, especially uh, D3, and see how that turns out. It's going to be fun. All right. So, you guys, uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube, uh, on our Apple podcast, as well as download the I, the uh, TuneIn app on the uh, Apple uh, Google Play and Apple Store. And then don't forget to follow us and just buy a legging or a shirt or anything to support our project at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand You can use the daily code there. And every sale, spotlight another talented athlete out there. And check out Phoebe Sketzler, who was at the big uh, bowl, I believe, 13, uh, extent 12, actually, big bowl 12, out in, in uh, England. And so she's got her no-joke football shirt on and her swag on as well. So check it out on our Twitter feed. Don't forget to check out our no joke football brand page 
That's up facebook.com forward slash no joke football brand. So um, that's all I got, Louise. Pretty exciting show. We had Odessa Jenkins in the house, Scott McCarron, Rick Rasmussen, Christina Carrillo, Tracy Brick. We had Holly Custis, yourself. So um, this is a 225 was huge. Yeah, today was big. All right. So you guys can listen and uh, do the replays, share our, our podcast today, and uh, we'll look forward to another edition of the Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Tune in and on Apple Podcasts. So for Luis Bean, Oscar Lopez saying catch you here next week. Have a great night, everybody.